Hello and welcome to Unlucky for Some, the 13th episode of the Talking Wednesday podcast. It is the 13th episode, isn't it? It is the 13th episode and uh, we are obviously bringing you some positive positive talk and some unlucky talk as well. It's been a very mixed mixed week since we last brought you the Talking Wednesday podcast, but I hope this podcast finds you well. I am Dexterity Box, joined as always by Punk Chef 41. How's your week been, mate? Uh, not too bad. Went to the hospital, got told my shoulder's not broken, so I now don't know what's wrong with it. So back to the doctor to go, what you done? So it's like, <laughs> it's one of those things where I was like, it's not broken, like that good, but do you know what else it could be? The and saga the- of Punk's shoulder is going to be something that goes off yeah. over this podcast, I feel. We don't know what's going on with your, your body. Oh, the, the best part is the young radiology just turned around and said, you're just old, love. I'm like, I'm 33. <laughs> God, ah, uh, I, 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 I always forget we've got quite an age gap between us, and I, I always, it, yeah, it is because we we obviously we just get on as you do. Because I think once you hit sort of mid twenties, you just get on with everyone. Yeah, you know, How unless you're, you're an ass. Uh, all right, man. Not too much to be honest this week. Uh, finishing off some music stuff. Um, th- been looking around at, at all sorts in terms of. Uh, Getting my audio, pro- you know, I've got a lot of audio production yeah. stuff in the pipeline. Um, thinking of of doing some more of that and lining it all up and getting some plans for the future. But I've been playing a lot of Football Manager outside of that. Um, you'll be happy to know that I kept Wednesday up in the first season on Football Manager. When can you put your CV in for next year? Well, I, I don't think we need a manager at the minute. No, but I I'll, 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 if, if 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 Chancery wants to donate me the club, I'll run <laughs> donate. it. Donate. <laughs> you know. Do what's best for the club. Give it me. Uh, okay, so want that anxiety. It'd be, it'd be quite. It'd be quite the one at the minute, wouldn't it? But yes, mm. as uh, as is a weekly tradition, we're going to look at our reviews this week. We're going across to Podchaser this week. Remember, you can leave us nice reviews on Podchaser uh, and Apple. the Apple Podcasts, which is a great way to leave us reviews. Podchaser is a bit easier if you don't have Apple Podcasts, but Apple Podcasts is where a lot of people find it. We've got four new reviews on Podchaser Ooh. this week, so we're just going to go through them, and thank you guys for uh, writing in. That's how you get uh, your reviews read out on the podcast. So the first review is from Mark, just Mark. says, good stuff. I appreciate the time you guys put into this. We're all Wednesday, aren't we? Thank you very much, Mark, that we are on this much, podcast. Yeah. Finn Sanderson says, great podcast, hosts are funny and very witty. Oh, Been a fan okay. of Dex's stuff since the earlier career modes, and it's nice to see him succeed with such a great podcast. All the way back at university, that was. Jeez, Just studying old. music and sound at university and then using that to make a podcast. That's what we did. Uh, thank you very much for that. Oh, it carries on. I've also found a favourite YouTuber in Jake. Can't forget what he said nice about you there. Keep up the good work. Thank you very much, Finn. Much Cole C it. says, Class podcast from you boys. Love listening to it whilst I'm working. And let's just hope that this time next year, we'll both be hearing you talking about promotion back up to the championship. We're all Wednesday, aren't we? (laughs) Cole knows which way this season's going for Wednesday, clearly. Yeah. The next one is, and the last one for today is from Bob123. Very balanced Sheffield Wednesday podcast. Always a good laugh and amazing community interaction. Nothing but love for both Jake and Dex. Thank you very much. much, Appreciated, mate. Appreciate that one. Um, and if you want to leave us a review and get it read out, you can do just that. Or if you don't want it read out, but you still want to leave us a review, just leave us the rating or just leave us a written review and say, please don't read yeah. this one out. We can do all that. But all those reviews do help us out massively on the audio serv- services because we're coming from the YouTube background. Both, uh, obviously, we've got um, I've got audio background. You've got 
you've been doing YouTube for Wednesday for time, but yeah. it, it, as we're building this up, we are trying to to get in it that way. I've never, I've, we've never brought a podcast to you guys. So what you basically got, you got the self taught in me and the person who paid money to go to uni and get taught that way and get. Taught I'll be the honest, mate. Way. Though I went to uni, and yes, I've got two lovely degree pieces of paper, but <laughs> <laughs> I did a lot of the graph. You have to do a lot of the graph yourself, especially when you're on music production and, and that, yeah. especially for my first one, um, because there's a lot of specialisms at university. Yeah. So if you go and study music and sound production like I did, uh, with a bit of drama in there, I did a joint degree. Um, you Ooh, you're end Fedbian. up. I am. I am indeed. You do. You end up doing the. Uh, um, if you get a lecturer who's got a certain specialism and you've got no interest in that, you're still going to have to look into it and do that. Whereas mm. I've got a, my bro- my horizons were broadened in terms of audio production, but in terms of a lot of things, you only get sort of like one lesson, one seminar yeah. on one thing that you're interested in. The rest you've got a graph for yourself. So you can teach yourself a lot outside of it, and that's what you end up having to do. So I would say if you're ever trying to get into audio, do a lot of the graph yourself first because don't expect to go to uni and have the right course leader for you that knows everything that you're interested in. That's one thing I will say if there's any younger listeners of this podcast, definitely worth doing. It's like when I used to, you know, when I used to do football, when I used to actually do like semi-journalism, when I used yes. to like do a lot of football reviews and write for sites and things like that. It, um, I don't do that as much now because I take, t- took it all to video form, but that was all pretty much self, self, self done, you know, yeah. and did, I did bits on it at like English language A level and things. But yeah, well, um, one of the reasons I always went into doing football YouTube in a sense, the winter thing, because I was right alone, but I am highly dyslexic, so people wouldn't <laughs> understand it. So I thought, oh, I'll talk about it. Then I realized I don't know how to say player's name or speak. So that became an issue, but people seem to like it, so I carried on. People have be uh, people have mentioned before, like the uh, they used to see some bits of my writing that I used to do uh, for for certain uh, f- football things and things like that. And they said, oh, we could uh, we could. You should do that for your stuff. So I am tempted to start writing stuff like match match uh, things and opinion pieces and things like that because I do. I would like to get into writing again. It's just difficult when you've got so you've got the full time job alongside of it. Do you know, <laughs> and doing the pot, and I'm already doing the podcast and the the channel videos, doing a written version of everything I'm doing. It is something I'm looking at doing. We we might not enough we might hours in the day. Not in many. Not many decks. No, no. There's unfortunately there's not. But we. Uh, I I do know that people would like to start seeing some written stuff as well. Again, so we will do that, and that would be the more professional side of me, I guess. Even though this podcast does end up be seeming semi-professional, part of it today is not gonna. But uh, no. we will we will get into that. So um, I hope you're all well. Uh, if you want to leave us reviews, you know where it all is. Memberships below, all of that. We've got a, we've now got a, a different emoji that's come in today that you can check out if you are. Yep. Uh, channel emojis, all sort of stuff. Supports financially underneath. If not, go leave us a review. It's free to do. Let's get into the football. So, it's been a very, very mixed week. Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Yeah, it's been... Um, it's the hope that kills you, my friend, because you play Cardiff... And we're going to break tradition today. I'll tell you what, I want to talk about some positivity with Wednesday. I'm going to go for it. So we play Cardiff. We start on the front foot. We're looking like we're going to attack. We said last week that Cardiff could be a pretty much nailed on loss. And then we just go from there and see what happens QPR onwards. It didn't turn out to be like that. We start with a brilliant goal from Julian Berner, isn't it? It's the header yeah, from Berner uh, from uh, the set piece. And it's a defense. And I'm like, okay, we've got a cushion. 
within the first like five minutes. I'll take this. I'll take this. And then um, we've got uh, Liam Palmer is turned into a hell of a player, right? Yeah. Liam Palmer for our second goal, he puts in a quality cross. That's really top draw from him, in fairness. And then Callum Patterson whoa, scores whoa, a whoa, qu- whoa. Use what? his real name. Use his name. Uh, oh, what? You mean... Uh, Use You mean name. Big P? Yeah, Big P. You mean P. Big P? Yeah. You mean... You mean... You mean Big P? Yes. Big P69? <laughs> Definitely. I'll let him fully show his off because... For the, our audio listeners, that for our video listeners, you might uh, have had a little bit of a, a dramatic video in there but for our audio listeners on our stream this week on the Cardiff stream we set a live goal that if I got a certain amount of likes at some point in the stream we'd put Big P on a shirt and then someone went actually no if you if you add even more to that it's not a phallic reference can I just say no, Big P is no. not a phallic reference it's um it's a very loving nickname it's, to the it's, an, it's a relation to, to Big Dave that we've created and start, people have started to call Patterson, whose nickname's actually Pato. Sorry, yeah. Pat. I'm really sorry about all this. <laughs> uh, that we said we did the Big Dave link to Big P, and then obviously people have taken it. So by getting the 69 on it, they've we've just basically bought. I did. Pug didn't have to do this. My by wife the way, did it this. was just me. His wife was listening to the stream. And went and just ordered him it on stream. So we have both had, and we've also heard, we have heard down the pipeline that the, yeah. uh, the Megastore might have had a few orders of Big P69 away shirts. Yeah, I kind of I kind of got an email from someone going, um, is this for like someone who died? Because we got a lot of orders <laughs> all of a sudden. It's like, um, I think I need to say yes, but I didn't. <laughs> No, 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 no. I've just, uh, I've just realised as well. Obviously, uh, uh, sad, sad news in the royal family this week. But that, oh that, God, that, the yeah, Pete, B- uh, Philip, yeah, and and De- <laughs> that, that might be why you got that email. It's been we're obviously not making a joke about situation. No, Rest in not. peace. It's never nice uh, in one of those situations. But to link it to that, when actually it was a. Uh, a BP69 reference for Patterson scoring an yeah. amazing volley as we carry it on with the football. It was a great volley. Yeah. Um, it was... <laughs> it was a quality volley from Patterson. And I am going to... We are going to cut this in a second after we've talked about uh, Cardiff and I'm going to turn the shirt back around, I think. Or maybe, maybe we should just... <laughs> shall we keep them on should we just way? Should we just roll with them backwards? Yeah, go and on. And all then. the people in the background, uh, the breakouts are going to be like, yeah, but I am... We, we might take a cut in a second. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll tell you what, now for tradition, because I'm flustered, after the Patterson volley, you go for it. There's three more goals in that. So then we have a really good work free kick by Wendy. Obviously something off the training ground. And Adam Reef with a belter of a free kick. It really was a good hit. Yeah, um, what a free kick. But you was. also had that kind of look where he looked like he, he was surprised it went in, didn't he? He had that kind of going, oh, Oh, God. You know what's annoying, actually? That Patterson scored against his old club and he didn't do one of his normal celebrations. It was quite mute. I was hoping for one of his references. But we go in at half-time, like, 3-0, and we're like, all right, are we going to mess this up now? Come on, it's Wednesday. We've got a way of messing this up. But then we keep playing well. We get the fourth. I believe it was... um, Brain fart. Was it Windass? No, Rhodes. Yeah, Windass didn't score. Yeah, Windass actually Ro- tweeted afterwards, like, I should be more yes. selfish. Five goals, Ro- and he didn't get any of them. 
Rowe got a great little goal and then Reek got a second and you were like, we, how we won the 5-0? We were all thinking we were dead and buried in this game. And this is where you move on to Saturday's result, which we all went in with a little bit of optimism, didn't we? Mm. We were all a little bit like, yeah, we can do this. We've beaten Cardiff. We can do this. And we lost 4-1. It's, as we said, it's the hope that kills you. Would you and... like to go with the QPR one? With it fresh in the mind? <sighs> well, we st- right. This is the difficult thing. It's We went attacking. And we, attacking. We, we went for it. And I think we had players, we had players that, that showed up for it. I think Big P, Patterson, I think he works very well as a mm. as more of a behind the front two rather than I think that's his position for me. I yes. think if we're gonna utilize him, that's the place. Uh Windass Windass was on fire. Palmer was Palmer was oh man, the crossing, match for me. Crossing like a wizard. And I I said when we when I was streaming this that if you watch the match as it is, right? Yeah. And um you you take away the season before it, you think Wednesday were really unlucky because there was a... So what happened was um, they score with... Who scores first? Uh, Carter. Uh, QPR. QPR. Yeah, it was QPR. First. It was the... Dykes, you see, I the thing is, was. the goals are, it should be fresh in my brain, but the first goal was the... Uh, it was the Dykes one, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was, was, the, the, yeah, it was the, like the diving header that he did. Yeah, it was, so yeah, that's it. There we go. I thought I thought it was. I was getting it because Dykes scored twice. So Dykes yeah. scores with a header and then we go, okay, heads haven't dropped for the first time. Wednesday get back into it within five minutes. You know, with it, within pretty much five minutes there, they're back onto it with a brilliant goal from Windass. And I put my hands up Reece. here. Windass has pace. Yeah. I, if you I, remember I all the way this. back. <laughs> all the way back. I don't even know if it was a Talking Wednesday podcast. No, it wasn't. I think it might have still it been the Dexterity Box post show. Yeah. You know, when we were doing the post show live. Um, and yeah, you, he said he had no pace. Great goal from Windass, wrong good. side of the keeper. Brilliant little flick from Reach. Initial pass from Bannon was good too. And it's just a, a great goal. And you're back into it, and the heads haven't dropped. You go into, and then you've got that all the way up until half time. You go into the half one, one all, and you think, this is yeah. either sides after it. And their keeper, you get at him. And he got a mistake yeah. in him. He had yeah. he was really bad, especially at feet. If yeah. he had the ball to feet, he just didn't look. His decision making was odd sometimes. I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was re- taking too many risks for the position they were in. But QPR didn't really have anything to play for today, so I I did expect to. It, they can go either way. Yeah, and we really the the last sort of the well, it was three goals, wasn't it? QPR go two yeah. one up with. I, I'm careful here because I don't want to slag off the goal that was uh, the Wildsmith one, was it? Was This was the Wildsmith-Yorogidi kind of combined situation. Yeah. It's looking back on it, and I've seen the replay, Yorogidi yeah. does the right thing to try and get his head in the way to kind of make that deflection. But mm. Wildsmith should have just shouted, leave it and let him have a clear shot. Sight of yeah. it because if he if he leaves it, it's straight at Wildsmith and he. But even it. But even then, the, the deflection is, doesn't take it no. miles away. Wildsmith already set himself. Yeah. Wildsmith set himself as it was going to come into his chest, so he didn't have a chance to go that way where it took it past him. It's, right. It, I get that. I get what you're saying about him setting himself, and I know he was on the way down the other way, 
but well, changing he, position. He pretty much he practically touched the ball. Do you mm. know what I mean? He was all he needed was to get his hand around it more, and he had if his reactions were quicker. And that is yeah. unfortunately a reactions thing. If his reactions were quicker, even though his body weight had shifted, he could have thrown himself back at it yeah. more and yeah. got his hand to it. That is a save he should have been making. You know, this is a position if we don't improve on in the summer, well, the questions that need to be asked. Mm. And much as I like Wildsmith and I like Dawson and Westwood is a great player. It's just, it's a position. It seems like it's been overlooked over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, then we go three, one down, which was our defense just stood still. They look like they're concrete boots. No one did anything. Mm. And the, but the annoying thing is going forward, we were looking really solid. We were, we're still in it and trying to get those goals. And then we had, what was it, two potential poten- penalty appeals and a disallowed goal? Roughly? Uh, yeah, yeah, there was a... We, we, the ref, I initially, with the first penalty appeal, I kind of get cut in some slack because it was so fast mm. that if you when you watch the replay, he stands on Palmer, studs up. You know, you can't do that. That VAR oh. would, would have overturned that decision. It'd be a penalty, but yeah. I could have seen it. The second yeah. one, he handballs Bl- it. He, he stops it going. Kachunga goes for it because we made a triple attacking substitution. Didn't really work, but Kachunga should have had a goal. Mm. He heads it. He heads it pretty much one on one with the keeper, but the defenders round him. And the the, the issue is he's on target, and his arm yeah his arm naturally goes up, but the ball hits his arm. Yeah, and you can't do that when it's it's. That's the only reason it didn't go in the net. If that and is the case, accidental or not, it's it's a penalty. It's a penalty. And then for the one that got disallowed, the keeper didn't have it in two hands, even though Rowe no. did actually. It was a foul on the keeper, so it I was wasn't a foul. Too, I wasn't too mad about that one. But, but I have a, seen them given where it's gone well. You didn't have control. Yeah, so keepers goal. do get too much, uh, too much. Because the, the reason I was annoyed that they didn't give that when it was a disallowed goal was the fact that he just waved away penalties, a, pe- yeah. a penalty that should have been a penalty, and yeah, it's it's the look that goes against it, but. And in then, terms of the result, we didn't play badly. You know, no. the last one was just a, a just a counter attack, and we were done. If you, know? you look at the actual stats, the stats say we played poorly with two shots on target. Mm. You go of it without looking at the stats. We actually did okay in how we did. We just didn't get that look today that we obviously had against Cardiff. Now the issue you've got now is. I think we said we need four wins. We've got Swansea on Tuesday, which is the muff win, which is our, our game in hand. But at one point, we were bottom because uh, Wickham were winning. They were winning 1-0 and they lost 3-1. Rotherham got a draw. All the games that uh, we needed to get like results the other way didn't go our way again. And then we're seven points off now, mate. Yeah. Seven points off with... I think it's done. I. Until, I keep saying until it's mathematically, I don't want to say it's done, but it does feel that way. The Especially only with thing, the games in hand around us. The, only like, thing the that Rotherham games me, in hand are what that feels, yeah. feels like it could kick us. The only thing that's giving me a little bit of belief is that the heads are still hadn't dropped even at 3-1. They were still trying to go for it. There is some sort of belief there attacking-wise. Defensively, it's another story. As soon as those went, they got a bit rocky and a bit nervous. Mm. I think it's it, it was nice to see us not completely crumble like we normally do. But it, it did just feel like 
the Cardiff result was the exception to the rule rather than yeah. the rule. The rule is this side aren't just don't have it. They are. There's a lot of players that I see a lot of ability in, and a lot of there's 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 players that I see ability in, but would be suited to other clubs, and I'm sure they're off. There's there's players that I see have got desire that will probably do well as a in a rebuild here. So yeah. it's not all negative, but as this team currently stands, and obviously if they ever heard this, it wouldn't be a nice thing to hear, but. They're not good enough. They're not gelling the way they should. They might all be mates, but that team, as it currently stands, is not good enough and it does not work. It feels like Gary Monk got rid of too many players that are actually good for the dressing room and who would have made an impact. Mm-hmm. You can't put this on more. You can't in, even really put it on Pulis, to be fair. I'll be honest, Pulis didn't help anything. He didn't help, but... I with... can kind of put it on Pulis in a way because I feel like if uh, Darren Murray beat, even though today suggests otherwise in terms of the result, yeah. the way we've played, there's matches again that we've had all season that would have gone much better under this sort of attacking mentality. If you look at our recruitment, it wasn't great in the summer with what we needed, let's put it that way. What we needed, no, but I actually think the likes of Patterson and Windass have been good signings. Oh, yeah, very good. In terms of for the for the as deals for what we paid and mm. what we, you know, we've got going forward. And I think, I think that's going to be a benefit, but I do think in the current situation, they weren't good enough for what we needed to get us out of it. They weren't the right signings, well, but before, in terms of signings, get, yeah, go on. yeah, in terms of signings <laughs> uh, separated from that. Yeah. I can see them as good signings, but for what we needed, they weren't necessarily that we were crying out for, we were crying out for a, an out and out goal scorer. Mm. But then again, we did, we also, you know, we didn't have a pot to wee in. And I'm yeah. saying that for monetization reasons. But yeah, <laughs> it's... Uh, I read boring. before the game, and I didn't put it in show notes, but I read before the game that apparently Brentford will go in for Bannon if they don't go up this season. Again. And I wouldn't blame him and for no, going. I wouldn't. As long as but, he got us, a good, uh, got us a good bit of money from him. Yeah. So... Five, that, five, five million? Yeah. Yeah. That'd for his nice. age, five, five for his five age. million is a lot to build in League One. Yeah, you can get a fair bit of players for that. I reckon uh, it. I reckon it'll more like more than likely be one and a half or two. Yes, because we'll get stuck on him. But yeah, um, and knowing our we'll luck, it'll five. be a it'll be a bloody uh, deal at the end of the transfer window, so we can't replace. It's not gonna. It's not looking great, but it's no. not mathematically impossible yet. Let's see how it goes. We've got a lot of news to bring you today. We're going to get through it, okay? Let's try and bring the mood up a little bit. We have to talk about that. Just uh, look at our big P-shirts and have a smile. Right, yes. so... Oh, God, I say that. First yeah, news story. This isn't it. great either. <laughs> so, Sheffield Wednesday uh, could be facing embargo and are potentially, actually, reportedly under a current embar- yeah, embargo. So, quote in the Daily Mail here, quote, 10 championship clubs were placed under transfer embargo at the same time with concerns growing that some second-tier outfits are facing financial Armageddon. Clubs have clashed with the English Football League on grounds of timing after the government guidelines stipulated that it is now possible for companies, including football clubs, to extend the deadline with which to file company accounts by three months. It has emerged that the EFL has opted not to mirror this extension period, leaving a host of clubs on a collision course with the football body regarding late submission of their respective accounts. The clubs in question are Birmingham City, Blackburn Rovers, Cardiff City, Coventry City, Derby County, Huddersfield Town, Luton Town, Reading, Sheffield Wednesday and Stoke City. Luton Town said, Our first 
Fargo for a decade is simply brought uh, is simply an anomaly brought about by an unsynchronized timing of financial reports due to the pandemic. The club's 1920 accounts, whilst finalized, have yet to be signed off by our auditors, which will be done before the statutory deadline. Yeah. The EFL declined to comment. A spokesperson said the league does not confirm the names of clubs which are placed under registration embargo. Now, right. before we go into that, the EFL themselves haven't put their own accounts in. No, yeah, that's either. the hypocrisy of this. They haven't even stuck in their own accounts. So they are basically going against government guidelines here, and they've not even submitted their own accounts. So if you want hypocrisy of an EFL standing there, you've got that one. Yeah. Uh, we'll link this to Phil Carpenter wrote in. said, Dex and Jake, hi, guys. Hope you are both safe and well. Following Jake's revelation, you're, you're a revol- revolutionary Ooh. now, Jake, about us being put into a transfer embargo, you will no doubt cover this in your general chat, as we are. Yeah. What I'd like to know, and maybe you two sleuths can get to the bottom of this, is how this has happened. Is it Chancery and his advisors trying to get out of their creative accountancy ploys again, or is it a misunderstanding of when these documents should have been submitted, i.e. the EFL saying one day and the government saying something else, allowing an extra three months for these submissions? If the EFL stick to their guns, could we be looking at another points deduction? And if so, when could it be implemented? I know they want us out of the championship, so they could relegate us this season regardless of what happens on the pitch. And what effect will the embargo have on our plans for next season? Different news outlets are stating slightly different stories. With all the contacts you both have, it would be interesting to get your take on it. Enjoy the podcast. Keep up the good work. Hope Dex has his new shirt. Yep. <laughs> too. All the best, Phil. Thank you very much, Phil. Great, uh, great lengthy writing there. So we don't even need to go to contacts for this or things like that. We no. are can just go straight to the fact that um, I don't think we'll be put, we'll have another points deduction no. because it's, it's the, it's the um, lots of clubs are under the situation. If anything, I think there's going to be a lot of pushback from those clubs against the EFL. One of the right. things that I read was some of the talks that clubs in question are talking to each other and saying, do we put a legal case against them? Yeah, the only worry I would have, though, and I get that the legal case could be a great thing to to sort of say, look, like the EFL, you can't do this. You, you, you've 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 been running running things out of a paper bag for a little bit too long. It's not it's not great, you know. Yeah. So we need to. We need to do this properly. We might have an issue if our accounts before COVID and all of that, because we've obviously had our, we we haven't seen the accounts recently. We've seen the older accounts. If our accounts before COVID were looking like we might be in trouble again financially, that's where we might find issues. However, the accounts before that, that we read, we did the whole account down episode on have suggested that we were on the decline in terms of balancing out the books. And I can't see anything in our transfers or our, apart from maybe settlements to managers that would have caused an issue. So I, I would think that we are pretty safe in terms of another points deduction. The transfer embargo is a different thing. I think this will be a temporary transfer embargo uh, while the accounts get filed underneath it all. I think it's basically a case of EFL sticking to their guns, despite procedure changing with the government. I also think it's the case that the EFL have basically done the cold thing. Well, we're going to, like you say, stick the guns, go for it. But it's like, have some leniency. leniency. That's, a, that's like half half the clubs in the championship hit with embargoes. Every single one so far has said it looks more like it's an administration issue than an actual accounting issue on the EFL part. Now, 
Well, when they declined to comment, though, it, it is telling because he said the league does not confirm the names of clubs placed under registration embargo. So that's the registration of the accounts and yes. that, isn't it? So I think, I think you don't, I think it's not, as much of a worry. I don't think we need to stretch this one out in terms of the embargo. I know it's been a lot of things. I think there's going to be a, a sort of a, a pushback against the EFL in terms of how could you stick to procedure when we've been told something different? And I think it's going to cause an issue for a lot of things. Well, League but... One and League Two clubs are fuming with the EFL for similar stuff, like mm. trying to get help for things. And they're just like, well, we're not going to help you. It's like, if... If it if you look at the EFL, it's meant to represent all the seventy two teams in the in the league championship, League One, League Two. But when you look at it, they only care about the championship ones, and then they let the rest do whatever, and then punish the rest down there. You can't have it that you've got a mini Premiership or Premier League two, yeah, and then go the rest of you we don't care. The problem is it getting to the point where the EFL where. I can see a lot of clubs in a couple of years pushing back big style. Well, the EFL are only it. meant to be a board that are managing themselves. And you see the EFL, the EFL is meant to be the clubs themselves and the board is just meant to oversee what all mm. the clubs agree to. However, I think, I think with financial fair play and things, the lines are getting so blurred that there just needs to be a revamp on the, uh, the whole yeah. sort of way football is, is, is run at levels, you know, and how it's, how it's um, overseen. And I think there needs to be a whole shake-up on that regard. And this embargo for, for many of the clubs might just be the first step in all of that. Because if you look yeah. at clubs like Luton Town as well, they've never been in issues. They, it's their, as they said, it's like they've never first been in issues. For the final. Yeah. So they're not overspending and things like that. It's literally a case of their accounts are sorted. They've just not been able to do it in this regard because of the pandemic. So I think it's been blown up. But we will let you know how that one develops and keep you updated. You right also here look. You also look always. at the teams that are in it: Sheffield Wednesday, Derby, Coventry, Huddersfield. Uh, the ones that stick out for me a little bit, and Birmingham City, Coventry, Birmingham, and Derby, possibly safe, poss- and Huddersfield possibly safe at the moment, and looking like they're staying in. But it only changes the shift, if you know what I mean. Yeah, there's, no, totally... there's going to be there's going to be no points deductions. It's not no, going to. I don't, I I don't think it's going to get to that. The one the, the teams I would be worried and they're worried that it's obviously going to cause us is the Birmingham Cities, Derby Counties, and Sheffield Wednesday because we're already in financial trouble. Yeah. This is what wor- they're the ones I'd be worried about on this, which is why I understand Wednesday fans are a little bit cautious about this one um, because it doesn't it doesn't tell us what the same. I want to see our accounts. Okay? I also, so when they get I also filed, don't I think see this is a blame Chancery one this time. I think this is something that's... Oh, definitely. Yeah, in this regard, no, definitely not. It, yeah, Because I've a, seen a lot of people on the video did say, oh, so Chancery is at fault again. No, there's a global pandemic and things are just not be able to do how it is normally. It's Go a on. technicality. It looks like a yeah. technicality at this stage. We'll see what happens. Remember, there's a little while before the trans- The season's not even over yet, so... I reckon this lot. will all get ironed out, but yeah. it is a little bit, it, it, it's a funny story to bring the fact that they've done this to the clubs and they've not even filed their accounts themselves. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see how that one develops and let you know. Okay, moving on. Sheffield Wednesday players have made team of the week. They won't do their stuff this no. time after the QPR <laughs> result. But uh, after the Cardiff match, they made both the Championship Team of the Week and the EFL Team of the Week as a whole. In terms yep. of the Championship, Lees and Burner created a back three with Brentford defender Pinnock, with Wickham keeper Stockdale behind them. Barry Bannon joins an entire Norwich City midfield of Cantwell, Donnell, Skip and Buendea. 
And Big P himself, Callum Patterson, <laughs> is up front with Norwich's team in Pookie. Despite playing as an attacking midfielder, this team is managed by Darren Moore. And uh, that's well, having a cup of sofa. Yeah, lovely. So <laughs> uh, I realised I sounded like I was reading from a quote there, but that was actually just my, uh, my write-up of it. I, I've got my quote voice on, but this is my write-up. <laughs> EFL, the EFL team of the week also included Lees and Patterson. Despite not making it into those team of the weeks, EA has given EA, I said that a little bit elongated, <laughs> EA have given Adam Reach his second in-form card in FIFA 21, and it is by far our best-rated card in a long time. An 82-rated left wing-back Adam Reach with 88 pace, 81 shooting, 80 passing, 83 dribbling, 77 defence, and 80 physical. It's a pretty good card. It actually fits mm, into because yes. it's a gold team of the week as well. So if you're a FIFA person, that's great. It's selling from anywhere in between 10 to 13K coins on average on the Xbox market. I bought it for about 13.7K on both PlayStation and Xbox because I'm impatient and I want to buy it now. So um, for, you old, try for the out. older generation who listen to the podcast, just ignore everything you just said. <laughs> yeah. You won't yeah, get it. <laughs> But yeah, it's worth mentioning because uh, we've not got many uh, many highlights on that. But also, if you yeah. are looking at, there was some halftime entertainment on the uh, the Wednesday stream this week. The Wednesday Missed, team of I had thought a bit that of was very very good. I liked it. it was you different. enjoyed that? Yes, I did. I, I was giggling all the way through it. I just can't believe I managed to get Steve Bruce involved. You know, yeah, he's uh, taking time out from the Newcastle schedule. If you've not watched that, I'm sure I'll link something on Instagram. I think, at some I think, point. You, I think you may have to break that out. Maybe, maybe. Um, <laughs> Maybe call it a QPR alternate. That what what should have happened? Okay, yeah. Well, maybe I'll do a video like that. But it is. It was a dream. Yeah, all <laughs> a dream. the real one. But yeah, if you want some virtual, uh, virtual, uh, joy, get Adam Reach at left wing back. Yes. Big story. This one. This Derby. Derby have uh, been bought, and they have been bought by a similar, uh, a recognisable. <sighs> sorry. Well, well, let name. let go back a bit. A few episodes ago, probably about, about Christmas time. We had no. it was a re- no, it was about Christmas time when it all broke. When he left, yeah, yeah, and then we've been doing this podcast for a couple of months. Yeah, so so this man left the advisory board of Wednesday, and we reported on our first couple of um our first couple of podcasts. We also had some. We also heard of this well ahead of time, and we heard yes. some backstage stuff and all of that. Um. We heard some very juicy stuff about this, which is why, Derby, you might want to be a little bit careful. Mm. Eric Alonso has bought, his, com- his group has bought Derby for 50 million. No thought so limited. We, we obviously won't discuss what we heard at the time, nope. but there's been a lot of stuff going about about it. Um, if he ever wants to come out and talk about this time at Wednesday, which he said he's going to do, we will, we will see. But I think now he's, he's with Derby. Nah, it won't happen now. It's not going to happen, no. Nope. So the statement is from his Twitter and it reads as follows, quote, we are privileged to take ownership of one of the founding members of the Football League and build a fresh future for the fans, staff and players of Derby County. It has undoubtedly been a difficult period on and off the pitch for the club over the last two seasons and we recognise that all the staff have been dedicated to working tirelessly behind the scenes to ensure the club's first team and academy football operations were fulfilled. We are looking forward to working with Wayne Rooney and his team and will do everything possible to support the club's vision and ambition. We would like to thank Mel Morris and his team for the support in helping to facilitate a quick and smooth transaction. The sales and purchase agreement has been signed and we are now working with the EFL on the final stages of the EFL owners and directors test. Uh, the one that bit, last bit he just said. And we'll go into that in a minute. Yep. 
A statement from Derby Red, Derby County Football Club wishes to confirm that a definitive agreement to purchase the club has been reached with no limit sports limited. No limit sports limited. <laughs> Love it. The transaction, which is still subject to the EFL owners and directors' test approval, is expected to close in the near future. Yes, I know companies are called limited, by the way. Right. I'm not fit. I got some bits on this then. So okay. No... Anything we say is alleged, you can't yes. sue us. Yes. Thank the, you. The, the, first, Speculation. the first bit, no limit sport limited was created in October 2020 on Company House. According to Company House, they only have two pounds in the bank. It is apparently an Indonesian take backer, like it was with us, kind of situation right. again. The weird bit is, is that, remember when he was here, we got this whole thing that he was his own sports agent and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Can't find that website or company anymore. No, and it's also a case of he... Let's right a bit of history for the Derby fans that might find this. So he was an advisor for Wednesday. Apparently, he was he wanted to bring Paul Cook. He fell yes. out with Chancery over it. He went behind his back and tried to hire Paul Cook. Apparently, allegedly, that's what happened. Um, that was part of it. That was what was was said, and a lot of the fans did it. He started liking a load of fans' tweets, slagging Chancery off, all of that, and then he said that he offered to buy the club. But different amounts were reported. He then said he was going to offer the fans to buy the club. Genuinely, it seemed after all the dust had settled that this guy was a bit of a chancer and the fact that he tried to get in bed with Derby quite early on, it seemed that was the case as well. It was you pretty know? much about like two to three weeks after Wednesday, there was a tweet that went round with him sat in a car going going to beat the Derby kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So be careful. Be ca- just, be, just be careful, Derby. Don't, uh, just, just make sure you keep your ownership to account. That's all we'd say because there was a lot of a grey area around Eric Alonso and, and that situation. And I would like to see Eric Alonso actually talk about the situation at Wednesday, like he said he's going to, but he's been quiet about it and he's bought Derby. Because he's left it in a shady sort of cloud, we can only think these things and hear these things. And it does seem like he was a bit of a chancer on the Wednesday thing. And it doesn't look good for him going into Derby. And I don't think he'll say anything because I think he's going to try and bury all that under the rug now yes. so he, he could start fresh at Derby. Apparently he looked at us and Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard uh, that too. It's, it's one of these things. Be careful. We wish, wish you all the luck because we don't want clubs. Because we're both crap into- at the minute and you've spent but- as much money as we have. And you're probably getting a points deduction next season, so good mm. luck. And it's and it, this whole situation where both clubs don't seem in the great position. Any... Thing that happens, you've got to take with a pinch of And it's that big thing. He got to, even though they fit and per, proper person test, have let people who were meant to be right to running a club do it, and then it's gone wrong. Be very careful. There's a lot of people who are done digging on him who are like, yes, he's saying all the right things now, but when you have a, a no limited sports limited and there's only two pounds in the club, I don't know how that works. Yeah, fair. Well, I can't, I can't back up any of what Punks just said there. As I said, all this topic is alleged. Um, yeah. But do your own research on it. And I'm sure Derby fans will, will do. I think they already uh, are doing, to be fair. Yeah, I've seen a so, lot of Derby fans looking a little bit worried. We thought we'd bring that up on the Wednesday podcast this week uh, because it's a case of, you know, we nearly bought Deja Wednesday. And, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, all the best, Derby. Good luck. Yep. Another one speaking out. We had Chris Waddle last week. Uh, Nagari Monks been, been doing the rounds. Oh, did you? Interesting. Yes. 
So yeah, that's why that's why you need to you need to you need to keep control of your community, my friend. Mm. Otherwise, you get people just having a pop for no reason. So Monk has been talking about the out of contract players at Wednesday. He's also questioned the strategy at the club. Is this him taking a jab at Chancery, as we saw Waddle do in the press last week? Now this is from the Examiner. Quote: Obviously, in my time there, this is Monk talking. Obviously, in my time there. The out-of-contract players is a strategy the club has implemented since the owner has been there. But of course, it makes it difficult. I think the problem, I had 11 players in in my squad last season, and there is 14 again this season. 11 players out-of-contract is referring yeah. to that. There's paraphrasing in this. I think there were a lot of out-of-contract players in the previous season. The problem is it creates uncertainty. It creates uncertainty to the players whether they are going to be there or not. I know everyone will say you are playing for your future, but it's not quite as simple as that. Players prefer security, and they and then they know what they are working towards and what the club is on board with. And of course, as you get to the later stage of the season, there are lots of players out of contract and commitment is what you're asking for. It creates difficulties in that sense and from a business point of view. There are young players on there, potential assets, and trying to create a business plan or a model. You leave yourself wide open to lots of things in terms of leaving out, losing out on asset, on certain assets, that's for sure. So this is the first sort of pushback we've heard from Monk in terms of the Chancery thing. It didn't seem like a, a, a pretty breakup, did it, really, no. at the time? But what do you make of what Monk's saying here in terms of the out-of-contract players? Because it just, it just sort of like backs up what we've been seeing it, it, it play backs out. Up, it backs up everything we've seen. It backs up what a couple of managers have said in the past. We've I, I had it that I said in the last couple of times you've seen it, Bruce said there was something not right behind the scenes. Monk has said there's something not right by the team. Pulis even kind of said, but I take Pulis a little bit less because of that sounds like a really messy one. But we have had this whole thing where it has sounded like the micro, and this is alleged, obviously, the micromanaging that Chancery like to do doesn't help. And I understand what he's saying with uh, players like security like to know. We all like to know that our job is secure, that we're not going to go to work and it may be done then. And it's difficult when the climate you're in at the minute, because there's going to be a lot of clubs that are not going to want to fend because they made no money. Sorry about that. My computer made a really weird noise. <laughs> no worries. Carry on. Um, um, there's a lot of clubs that haven't made any money due to no fan being in the ground. So players are going to have to take big cuts to go to certain clubs. Now we have a couple of sell, sell, sellable assets if they had contracts, but they don't. So you said that, that rules out the fact we've got sellable assets. The the one that we do have now is Bannon because he signed a contract. Mm. So as we were yes. saying earlier, if he does go, he could bring us some money. Uh, Irigidi is an age where we'd, we'd get limited compensation for him, I believe, yeah. if he left. It's similar to Shaw. It'd be similar to Shaw, yeah, because yeah. I've looked into it. He wouldn't go for entirely free, but it wouldn't be worth his market value if you no. think of the, the game time he's now getting and the potential he's showing. Also, Adam, interesting one on Shaw. Shaw was at Celtic this week. Yeah, I've heard I've heard about that. Um, you were mentioning that as well, weren't you? So yes, it's, it's he, he's Shaw's not been very good since he's played for us since no. this uh, whole since Celtic thing has come around. He's cut, yeah, he's come on the pitch and he's been he's been bad. So he he, he tried. Don't get me wrong, but I think his head's already gone. Kind yeah. of thing, and yeah. I think I'm done. I'm done. I'm that. done. I'm done. I'm done with the uh, the the uh, bashing. loyalty bashing now. Yes. Um, it's it's but done. Doesn't need to be playing. This is this is more uh, the kind of thing is. It's not the first time someone come out and said something 
about Chan Siri and how it's done. And you'll see later we've got some other bits about Chan Siri which roll perfectly into this from a former player. Yeah. So um, we've uh, in terms of contracts, let's roll it back around to the contracts. The contracts are the big thing. He's talking about the strategy and he's questioning Chan Siri's strategy. Now. There, there is a big thing about him holding on to players, isn't there? And yes, and and not getting rid of players, and that's how you end up with players out of contracts. They're like, well, fine, I run my contract, and they're not going to sign a contract if they know Chan Siri is going to keep them close, and he's not going to let them, he's not going to sell them. If you think, right, think of the likes of Adam Reach. If he signs another contract now and knows he's not going to get sold if a move comes into him, Adam Reach is not going to sign a contract for this club. Right, we've got thirty-five players on the books. We're gonna have we're gonna have half of that next season. Yeah, right. There's gonna be I can't see a single out of contract player signing a contract now. I can't see it. Can you? Who could you see? Sam? Maybe Westwood. Um, possibly Westwood. Yeah. Uh, maybe uh, Brennan, one of the youngsters. Let's talk about the the first team. Are you thinking the, first the, team? Yeah. Borner, Harris. Uh, Harris, I think he'll go to Middlesbrough. Burner's got another year, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah, I'll just notice that. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, I'll list them and tell me any, if any of them you think are going to sign another contract. Origidi, Harris, no. Kachunga. Harris, no. Kachunga, maybe. Yes. Um, who else? Reach. Pelopesi. Yeah. So Pelopesi. I, I think Pelopesi I'd like to would. think so. I think I'd like to think so. But he could also easily be off. I'd like because Pelopesi, but Pelopesi's not started the past couple of matches, which has been no. frustrating for for me. But we did get a five 0 win in one of them. But I think he needed to come on a lot earlier today. I Hutchinson, pe- uh, yes, possibly yes. But he would have to take a huge wake up. I don't think he's on much. No, I don't so think he's come back to much. To he be not, he he he's the kind of sentimental player that would stay. I think even in League yeah. One. Oh, he'd be a, he'd be a, he'd be a, he'd be one of the uh, the the nasty ones in League One as well. I quite like to see Hutchinson. In I, League could, one. I could actually see him taking Bannon captaincy just for that purpose of being quite nasty in League One. If Bannon if Bannon went, yeah, yeah. I could see that. Yeah, if if Bannon stays, his captain. Oh, obviously. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Though in terms of those players, I could see I can see most of them. Rhodes as well. What about Rhodes? Rhodes is a weird one because Rhodes, I kind of think it might be time just to him personally, like, you know what, I'll go. But in League One, he could have fun. Yeah, it's too much money though, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's got to be one of our highest earners because he's Matt still on Penny. the same contract he was when he signed. Uh, for me, he can go now. Van Aken? He's gone already. Uh, Darren Moore's already said Ojibayo pro- pretty much gone. Yep. Lee's, I'm not sure. No, I don't think we'd sign Lee. I don't think we sign Lee's. I think no. he's been too Kachung- inconsistent this season. Kachunga def- I think Kachunga in League One could be decent. Yeah, Kachunga's... Want- Kachunga- <laughs> People were slating him today, uh, uh, the QPR match, but mm. I think Kachunga is not... Uh, we've not seen enough from him, so if he's, he's on... Only, decent- I think he'd only had 24 appearances this year. Yeah, and most of them have been from the bench, so yeah. we'll see. That's quite a lot of appearances, to be fair. I didn't even feel like he played that much because he's not made. He's, he's made brief appearances. I yeah, it's it's right of Monk's question the strategy because we are in this situation now. It's probably actually right. I've got to look at it from this perspective. I think it's possibly a better position to be in now because if we do get relegated, as it's looking likely, then we can get rid of high earners without them having to agree to termination and things like that. They're just gone. Yeah, you know, they're yeah, gone, and you can so. have the reset. And that's the one thing that 
it's probably for the best at the minute, if I'm honest. And in, in that sense, that works out better for more because you've seen at Donny, he's very good at building. Yeah. If he can start afresh, and there's actually quite a few Donny Rover players are out of contract. So mm. I wonder if he might be... Tapping. If you... Right, I'll tell you this. This is from, like... It's funny how virtuality and simulation can really help you out, like, learn and, and feel how, get a feel for these things. Takeover. If you've got Football Manager, the new one, take over Wednesday right now, okay, and try and keep that team up and realise how Difficult. many players you have to send out on loan, right, because of the wages and things like that, just to balance it, because you've got no money, right? You're a manager coming in, no money... You've got to balance it. You've got to send players out on loan. You've got money, the players that have been here from the previous managers that you can't get rid of. This is probably the, the, the amount of players that are going has actually ended up probably being a godsend for more, who then gets a bit more of a fresh checkbook yeah. to spend the money on those players that are going. The unfortunate thing is in League One, he's not going to get as much of that returned to no. him. So that is, the, that is the, the darker side of it for him that he's going to struggle with. But yeah. Interesting talk from Monk there. He's been on quite a few of our... He was a pundit again today, the guy. Yeah, a QPR so, match, yeah. Interesting. So, um, Examiner Live have done a big piece. Uh, I think it's the Yorkshire Live segment, obviously. Uh, yes. They've done a big piece with David Jones because he's been he's gone to Burnley as well. So I think he's been doing interviews. He's gone mm. to join Ross Wallace as coaching at Burnley. So uh, David Jones... This is quoting the Examiner Live has revealed that Ch- uh, Deshvan Chansiri blocked him from leaving Sheffield Wednesday despite being frozen out by Joss Luakai. The ex Owls midfielder was one of four senior players that was ostracised from the first team squad by the Dutchman along with Kieran Westwood Hutchinson and George Boyd. George Boyd. Yes. Luakai informed Jones in pre season that he was free to leave the club. However, after talks with Chansiri, it was clear that Wednesday, the Wednesday owner still regarded Jones as an asset to the club. There were. The uh, quote from Jones here, there was interest and offers on the table where I could have left for other championship clubs, Jones said. I had conversations with the chairman. My relationship was good. I think his heart is in the right place with everything he does. Uh, he does. He's a good guy. In his opinion, he's looking after Sheffield Wednesday's best interests. It was difficult for me to get out because his thoughts on me didn't align with the manager's view. His words to me that I was a professional that was always fit that was always fit, for example, and football change can change very quickly. And if the manager was to part, you never know how long managers will last. The next man might want me. Right. Okay. Uh, we didn't read the full article there. I never read full articles out. Go read the articles if you want to read the articles. It's just a uh, we, t- we took the bits that are relevant to us talking about. This is this, the thing. Chancery this is telling us about Chancery a bit more. Yeah. Chancery had chance to sell and balance the book. For a man that wasn't playing. Yes. This is the thing. He wasn't playing. He wasn't in the team. Didn't want to be here. You kept him. This is where you could have made some money back, even if it was a championship rival, to then balance the books. This is where we see a lot of what Chancery's micromanaging is. Like, mm-hmm. he obviously didn't have faith in Lukai if he said you don't know what changes with the manager. Yeah, no, well, uh, to be honest, I could, uh, I could understand why watching his football, but it's... If I go we like signed... that, I've got the tash. <laughs> we signed some... He, he did, he ostracised Kieran Westwood, Hutchinson, yeah. Boyd. Be interesting to see if we turn down offers for Westwood during that. Yeah. Who was then ostracised by Monk, right? And we so know we've he got... had offers in the summer. 
I'd love to hear some more of these players speak out. Honestly, FX players ever get a whiff of this? Please come and talk to us. We'll uh, we'll never we'll never stitch you up. We're not those kind of people. Uh, but we will. It's so interesting to find find out this sort of stuff. You know, and like people will see this as us bashing Chancery. We're not bashing Chancery. It just it's finally we're seeing a view of what Chancery is like. And if anything, he made the wrong mistakes when Monk came in. I think. If he's going to get rid of Monk like he did by letting assets like Nuiu go, who can get you goals places, and then Hutchinson gone, who came back, yeah. that is when he was like, okay, maybe now I need to let players go on the freeze. There was probably offers for those players in before. He didn't let them go, and then he lets can... them go on free when actually we could have done with keeping those players. It's just weird. Could you imagine if we got Monk? Could Monk has turned around and said he wasn't comfortable about taking the job in the first place, and he wasn't comfortable possibly keeping the job at the end of the season? If that's mm. the case, Monk should have resigned, gone, and can you imagine what we'd be like now if we had more and got yeah, more then? Oh, or even when we got more when Pulis went. Yeah. You know, that that's that's nine games that could have saved could have kept us up, you know? I said that the attack of, um there's another article. We're gonna move on from that bit there, because he talked about Chancery, that links from the monk thing as well. Uh they, they did another article focusing on Carlos's era. Okay. Yeah. So, quote from Yorkshire Live again, David Jones believes Sheffield Wednesday's bloated squad impacted their performances, which contributed to missing out on promotion in 2017. The club spent big in the summer and January and the January window to try and bridge the gap to reach the Premier League. And Stephen Fletcher, Alman Abdi, Jones, Sam Winlill and Jordan Rhodes all arrive at S6. Oh, the shudder, because that's the downfall, right? Yep. Uh, quote, I think from my experience being involved in promotion to the championship, we had relatively thin quad promoted from the championship. Uh, we had relatively thin squads, Jones said. It was a small group at Burnley. The starting 11 was picked between 14 players, not like potential 20 potential 20, experienced players 20, that could play for Sheffield Wednesday. You know, 20 players. Mm. You lose that bit of consistency because the team was chopped and changed. Uh, paraphrasing, going further on into the article, Jones explained how the sheer volume of senior players at the club created selection problems for Carvel Hall, which often led to the Owls boss not knowing his best 11 and constantly changing the team. And it did feel like that in the last yeah. year under Carlos. Um, well, you look now, we've got 35 on the thing. But... We all raised a few eyebrows at Stephen Fletcher at the time, right? Mm. Because was he third, 28 when he came he, to us? Yeah, he's he just coming in, he had some serious knee injuries. Yeah, and we gave him four years. Yeah. Four years, big deal. And that if you remember that period we were giving a massive contract to players. And we gave it to Alman Abdi as well. We paid like three and a half million pounds allegedly for Alman Abdi. Yep. Yep. And <laughs> he he just sat and watched the games. And the you thing know? is, he would come out and say, I'm in I'm not injured, and then you say he's injured, and then it was the thing is the one thing I'm I'm noticing under the Chancery ownership leadership whatever you call it is the communication from fans to to chairman and then players to fans it keeps contradicting. No one kind of goes on the same line. No, and it's easy to see and say in hindsight that that was the downfall when you look at it. But it's even easier to say in hindsight when you look at those signings there. You should, we, at that time, we should have brought in younger, hungrier players yes. on lesser deal. Like, right, think of the recruitment we've got now. Bring in to that team, um, bring in to that team of like Forestieri, Bannon, Hooper, you know, the players that were yeah. getting us to that playoff final. We had, uh, you know, the Lees and Leuven's back line, Hunt, that sort of thing. 
bring into that team the likes of Windass, who's a bit selfish but knows where, or bring in Patson, bring in Andre Green, a young and that's got potential, that sort but of thing. Also, remember, we brought in the lone players such as Sasso and Co. All those mm. who were, we loaned them, but we couldn't seem to buy them. Mm. I didn't want to buy them because they were not the Jordan Rhodes. They were not the Alman Abdi. They're not the Stephen Fletcher. Bear in mind, Alman Abdi, I can understand why we paid for him, right? It looked like a bit of good business at the time. It was one that went wrong. I can understand that. Stephen Fletcher wasn't proven in this league, right? And only started coming good towards the end of his contract. Sam Winnell uh, was scoring goals at a lower level. Fair play. Jordan Rhodes. I did feel for Chancery at this point, all right? Mm. Because I I thought he signed Alman Abdi and Jordan Rhodes, two players that should have ripped up this league and have done before. Yes. Right? But the money we spent on them, they didn't work. And if you, instead of signing Fletcher at the same time, instead of finding, even you, I mean, I'd let you get away with Winnell, to be fair, but like mm. Jones, those sort of, you, signing those players, why did you not, that was a, why did you not just sort of go for the youngers and the freeze and go for the yeah. loan, or make the loan signings permanent, you know, uh, and go that way? Why wasn't he being advised to go that way? And then at least... At least you're not spending all of that because I don't. I don't mind a big money move on Jordan Rhodes if it doesn't work. If we've if we've not spent so much money, how much money we were paying Stephen Fletcher in that? Yeah, you know we exactly. bought, we got him on a free, but his contract was probably ridiculous. I think he was yeah. on like forty grand a week or something. Yep. Do you know what I mean? So, but it, but it's also the other thing when you look at we get Winnell from Barnsley for five hundred k because we couldn't go and get Jordan Rhodes. It was a not a deal we could do. So the moment we signed Winnell, we shouldn't have gone back in for Jordan Rowe when it said, actually, we'll do it for this. He should have said, mm-hmm. no, I've got my man that I want up front. That's the man I'm having. You bought two players who wanted to be star men at the yeah. same time. And they both got promised, you're going to be the star men. And then how do you, a lot of egos to balance. And you see it, teams with less quads tend to go up because they're not having to fight for places as much. They know they're in and they're settled. They bring in one or two in the summer just to make sure with uh, injuries or January. But we, that season, we went mental. It's like we had a good team already and it didn't need all what we brought in. It needed a little bit and that was it. No, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And uh, it was interesting to hear David Jones's thoughts on it. I want more ex-players to talk out like this. I want to hear what the the situation is. And I think they only talk about it at the end of the playing career. But we have offered a platform. We have also spoke to people. There might be some things coming down the line in terms of that. As we said, we'd never stitch anyone up. And that actually leads into our community topics of Todd Edgar. Would you try and get uh, Irrigidi on the podcast? And if so, what questions would you ask him? Yes, we would. You did say your name properly. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, that. Uh, we'd, we'd ask him, we'd speak to him off the record. That's the thing, right? Okay. We are, we try and get the truth out of people and we're happy to, for them to share as much as possible. But we also, yes. there, is a, there is a section, I'm not te- technically a YouTuber, we're on you, but we're not that technical what, that does everything for the clicks in terms of no. we will stitch people up. If somebody came on and said something that was going to get them in trouble and asked us not to run it, we won't run it. We would have the the sort of journalistic integrity, even though we're not we're not obviously writing for papers and things like that. We would have that integrity not to include that, but yeah. it's good to be able to talk to people off record. So we would have a chat with them, have off record talks, and we'd only include what they were happy with. But it would give us some wider context if we knew that off record stuff, which we know a bit of, but would be good to know more 
from the players themselves, we'd we'd have more of a picture that would help shape yeah. our. Because the thing is, we're not looking for access, and I don't think Irigidi had come on the podcast. I know no. it's one of the. I think it's the top. Did. I think it's the top like comment on his first video. Come on this podcast. We appreciate you, that. Thank you. Um, you got you got to remember with Yogidi the the weird one is I'm very shocked the club has allowed him to do some sort of YouTube, which thing. makes me think he's off. Yes, because it doesn't affect him if he's off. Yeah, it does seem that kind of way. The only thing I can think of is that the club has said, yeah, we're the potential to enlighten the fans with what's going on yeah. kind of stuff. But they've got to okay it on the edit or what gets filmed, if you know what I mean. It's Definitely. fair play to them. I love the idea of a player wanting to show fans a bit more behind the scenes. Why? Like he did a video this week about how players recover quickly and how they recover quickly. And it was a very well-spoken video. He shows you him training, shows you him in the, like the airbag thing for the leg to like get on back to normal. And it was very good. It's one of these things where if I was him and I was representing him, I think a lot of representation would say you're not doing something that's going on YouTube. You can do it to Guy Fawkes, The Guardian or whatever, but you're not doing it. It's because, I'll be honest, I'll put it bluntly, right? Mm. Uh, YouTube has got a lot of talent on it now. It's got a lot of actual, uh, uh, it's got a lot of competing academic talent on it, Yes. right? And the people that want something of their own as well as their building stuff, you know? And... um. There's been it's it happened in games media first. Games media got really against mm. um, YouTube because they ended up having journalists move over to YouTube, yeah. right? Because they could have their own narrative and opinion and be and a lot of people who are completely out of the loop still see YouTube as a, a sort of a joke and it's not that serious yeah. and it's it's that cat video sort of thing and the the people go mental. They look at the Logan Pauls and things like that. Look at the people who are doing the most clicks. They don't realize that there's an aspect. They see YouTube as we see TikTok, probably. Yes. <laughs> you know, and TikTok will probably grow and mature as a platform and have things on there. Whereas with YouTube, it's it's got a lot more ground and you can find things that are very of of of, of high quality and factual and speculative pieces. And it, it threatens a lot of things. And that's why there's still a mentality in clubs that they feel like there's certain YouTube channels that will still try and push. And for me, I'll always say on this channel, we'll, we'll allege things and yeah. we will say, and if somebody comes and talks to us, I will not, I, I stand for as a person, I will never stitch somebody up anyway, no, right? Because I'm not that person. I'd hate it to happen to me. And I've had, you've, you have people, when you put yourself out there, you have people try and take pops at you. We, I would not we, do that to a guest. I would not it, do that to someone who spoke to us. We've had it where we've had conversations offline in messages where we both had a topic come forward and gone, yeah, I don't feel right with this. What do you think? And we both gone, yeah, we'll leave it. We... Both of them have got the whole kind of integrity because whatever goes on represents them, but then represents both of us. And I like to think in the community that me and you are quite honest and open with what happened to a point, and we're respectful to people's opinions and stuff, if you know what I mean. So in terms of like, yeah, just to go back to, yeah, I completely agree. Going back to the uh, original, con- what will we ask Arigidi? We'd probably ask him a few questions, but we'd also tell him at the start of it, if you don't want to answer any of this, mate, just tell us and we'll cut it straight out. Yeah. You know, or if you want to tell us and it's off the record, that's fine. You know, yeah. and the stuff that we did leave in, if we could leave some, obviously we're going to look for juicy stuff and bits that he can give us and things and that'd be brilliant. But we are not, 
setting up the old tradition because traditional media used to trap people into headlines and things like yeah. that you know we're not looking for that we're looking for we'd probably ask him a lot about his career what it's like to be a young footballer i'm re- i'd be really interested in the um the emotional side of it coming through mm. the uh the ranks Academy. with yeah all of that i'd be interested in all of that and talk to him and we'd have a we'd have a very we'd have a very um, open debate and we wouldn't we'd, we wouldn't push so basically no. um if we were to have a player on you asked about Irigidi. We wouldn't push where we didn't need to. We wouldn't put anybody in the crap. We would genuinely have a very nice, chilled conversation and we would publish what we could of it. We'd try and publish the whole thing, but if there's stuff we'd have to cut out because something's been said that shouldn't be public knowledge, we'd we'd pull that back. But we would ask some things that would make it a very entertaining podcast for you. You like this podcast for what it is. Bringing us someone like Irrigidi, we'd ask the, the question. And we'll, say, we'll send a big P69 shirt to see if Patterson will wear it. To be fair, Patterson probably would. He's that well, kind of lad. If he's got the humour for it, hopefully. We might be getting some nasty emails <laughs> at some point. We'll see. But yeah, um, moving on. Thank you for writing in, Todd. Yeah, thank uh, you for Bob, that, Todd. one, two, three. If you could be a fly on the wall for a conversation between Chancery and any of our past or present managers, who, what and when? Uh, who, what and when is the question? Me personally, it'd be on what Pooley said to him based on his assessment of the club or what was offered to Darren Moore, what goals were set for him. Uh, Chancery for me, it would be that first uh, that first couple of seasons, the advisory, and I'd like to see like a Sunderland-style documentary behind this of what it was like when he was coming in from a business perspective yeah. and trying to trying to mould the football and, and all the bad advice. would be the Steve Bruce situation. I'd like to oh, know how one. that all happened and how relationship went with the negotiating the price for all three men, but also Steve Bruce going, I'm taking the dog for a walk and it's involved with my advisors and Chancery going, what kind of thing, if he didn't know it was happening yet. You know what I mean? mm. I'd like to see that aspect. But I would also like to be a fly on the wall how Milan sold the club to Chancery. Yeah, I really want. We're going to talk about Milan a bit over the summer, actually, because we're actually kind of going back to worse than where we were under Milan. Mm. And he said it never. He said he wouldn't put us with somebody who'd let that happen. So there's there's topics are plenty for that over over summer. We'll go for that. But thanks for writing in, Bob. There's yep. a lot of interest there. Uh, the next community topic is from Mark Stott. I've heard numerous times that Darren Moore wants us to play out from the back. I have heard other managers play long ball or passing football etc. Can you speculate as to whether Moore thinks his style of play is always superior, suitable for the league we are in, suitable for our players, or would he want to use a different style in a different situation? Now, well, I, can I don't think he thinks one. it's superior, but carry on. Yeah, go on then, Punk. I can help on this one because there's another YouTuber called Dapper18, who's a Donny Rover fan, and I got a lot of information when we found out Moore were coming. And he oh, said... Oh, you have this then, go. He really does like playing from the back. He likes a little bit of a build-up and then get sometimes on the counter. And you're saying, you're numerous times saying that you want to play from, saying that you play from back. Well, you look at what he's doing now. What That is all what Wildsmith is doing. Wildsmith gets it to feet, it builds up from the back, and we go down the wings. When he can catch it. Yeah, when... <laughs> Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I really wanted to do well, but today's today's wound me up so much. Carry on. Uh, but he was saying the only concern that he Sorry, would mate. have with more, it was that he sometimes, he doesn't A, have a plan B, or he's so thick to sitting with this attacking football, when sometimes where you just need to defend, it's not there kind of thing. 
And we've already kind of seen that a little bit with what he's done so far, because he does go very attacking mm. with how he played. And I, 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 when he came in, I was like, great, brilliant. But I immediately messaged Dan and gone, Dan, I'm really sorry, Nick, your manager, but what's he like? And then I just got back, beep, 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 off. And then sent me it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can't imagine he was very happy at that time. But no, I think uh, we'll we'll pull down this question a little bit more. Great insight there from the Donny perspective. Uh, we've got, the, do we have the players to play out from the back? Yes and no. Mm. To an extent, yes. To the, to, the, to the level of comfort in this league, probably not at the minute. We do have the players to play out from the back. They're just in the injury room. So we will, uh, when they get back, then maybe uh, oh, because pa- Palmer works very well. But yeah, Palmer plays very well out from the back and we've seen him play very well. Um, I think Irigidi's got it in him and I think he can do it. He just need it. For me, it's actually some of the defensive uh, errors with Irigidi that need ironing out, but I think he's very good on the ball. I offer definitely like to see. And, and then you don't need everybody to be that. If you put Dunkley in there as the no nonsense center back, but Dunkley is also good with the ball. So yes, we do have the defenders to play out from the back. Oh, they're just not Dunkley. currently available. Yeah. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, I Dunkley, we had looks a player. Very, Dunkley looks quite composed on the ball. So, yes, we mm. do. And I think that'll be ideal going forward. But you've got to remember, playing out from the back is also working with link-up play through your midfield. And yeah. hell yes, we've got a good link-up midfield yes. to play out from the back, especially now Pelopessi comes forward. Pelopessi, Bannon, um, and even mm, Hutchinson's pretty good on the ball as well. So mm. looking at those, yes, we do have the, the team. So I'm not too worried about it. And I do actually think playing out from the back is the way forward. Because Wednesday is so wasteful when you launch it forward, and I've yeah. watched it for too long. It's gone out of the game at Championship level now. I think to a term to for it to be for you to be one of the top end teams, you give away possession too many times. Yeah, and the Championship is sort of becoming what the Premier League used to be. You know, it started out the rough and the physical game that the Premier League used to be, and now it's transforming mm. into more of a modern Premier League era where the championship's becoming a lighter version of it. Yeah, you've got to be a lot more tactical. It's not the physical league, and League One is still that physical league. I think the the fact is, though, if we get the right mix of physicality and tactical sort of playing out from the back under Darren Moore in League One, that'll be a good mix of the two, but we'll have to see how that one plays out. The annoying thing with that, with the link-up play, is how well Rhodes and Windeth are finally linked up properly together with them being in the same team. Yeah, and how Bannon's finding reach as well. Bannon just can pick reach out anywhere on the pitch. It's ridiculous. What I want to know is, what had they said to Liam Palmer? Palmer had become a crossing <laughs> wizard. I know. What, a, what, what a they said. Maestro at the minute. What they done is they, because everyone forgets Palmer is a natural midfielder. Back in the day when he came through as a central midfielder, and that's where he played a lot for when he's on loan for Tranmere. And then mm. we put him back to being like a left back defender. So he does have that attacking intent. But he was playing but, from the right he was playing right back today and he was quality. Keep him on that right. Keep yeah. him on that right. Don't change thanks, it. Thanks for writing, writing in, Mark. Uh, John Gallagher uh, writes in. I just said that very, uh, very uh, bold and didn't, and just yeah. left a pause. Yeah. Now, now it looks like we are more likely to go down. Do you think the players are playing for new teams to come in and get them? Hence the result on Monday in terms of Cardiff. Well, uh, Ish. I think they're just trying. I think they're trying to play because I think they tried to do that today and show that. It's it's a mixture, mate. It's a shop window, and it's a case of they're also seeing if they can do it. But I think after the QPR loss, there's going to be a downing mm. tools. Then the rest of the season's not going to be fun. 
But I, I can't see, see more liking that. And I can see if anyone that down tilled and going straight to the under 23s and going you in. Mm, I don't know. You've got more faith in, in the, the quick response than me, I guess. So let's have a look at upcoming matches just to make you all feel so much better before we round Yay! off today. So next up, we have Swansea City, the rearranged match. Oh, um, God, yeah, this is because of our pick, wasn't it, last time? So they play, let's just have a look at that so I can add this to my stats. Right, okay, just got they their newest today, stat. Didn't they? Yep, just do that. So they are currently on 71 points it'll be today. Uh, they are have a record of 21 wins, 9 draws and 10 losses. This is up to date as well because I've just added today's on. Uh, I think they're around fourth. They might be slightly higher if they've pushed mm. a bit further with today. Their home record is, oh God. So we're playing them at home. So we're playing them. We're at Hillsborough. So yes, their home record and their away record is not too far apart. So their home record is thirty-eight points, eleven wins, five, five draws, four losses. Their away record is thirty-four points, ten wins, four, four draws, and six losses. They so it's very look close. Very good today as well. Yeah, uh, on Saturday when they played Millwall, they've scored forty-eight goals, conceded thirty-one which is not not great. They've scored quite a lot of goals. They've got... Um, their last match was a... They lost to Preston North End before, but they've just beat Millwall 3-0 away from home. Yeah. So they're away from home again when they play us on Tuesday. Andrew Ayew, Andre Ayew is their top scorer. He got another one today, which puts him on yeah, 15 yeah. for the season. So Now, a Swansea fan of mine is still a not convinced. Yeah, a friend of mine who's a Swansea fan. You own a Swansea <laughs> fan. <laughs> sure. we don't mention that on the podcast <laughs> uh, but no a, f- a friend of mine who's a Swansea fan he was worried at one point that they may do a Forest like Forest did last season but I think today's winners helped them on Saturday the issue with them is you never know what's going to turn up because that lost to Cardiff and then that lost to Preston it kind of they're kind of what those teams who They'll do really well, but they'll have a bad patch. But this is one of those games which we stupidly probably do well. We're going to probably win, even though Jamal Lowe is going to be up for it because he scored a brace. So you've got to watch mm. out for Ayu and Lowe. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be a tough one, but probably we might have a good weight because we just like to like to play against the Welsh teams and we might uh, we might do all right. We'll see what happens. So what then- Dex is basically saying is Sheffield went there leaving the championship to go play in the Welsh division. Yes, yeah, we might actually win. You know, we'd still probably get relegated from Can you get relegated from that or is it one league? I don't, know. Read? I don't even know. Right, Bristol City at home is the next match after that. They have, they drew today, so they have, uh, they played at home today as well. Yeah, so their home record is, their overall record is 15 wins, four draws, 21 losses. So that means they're on 50 points. So they have got oh, that got sweet spot of 50. Now, their, their home record is... Is 24 points, 7 wins, 3 draws, 11 losses. Their away record is 26 points, 8 wins, 2 draws, 10 losses. And we're playing them at home again. We've got two home matches after each other. So their oh, away record is better than their home record. Yeah. So that's not good for us. They've scored 40 goals and they've had 55 goals against them, right? So they've got a minus 15 goal difference. They are not the best, right, no. Bristol City. They do have Nigel Pearson managing them now. Right. I know the you didn't ma- want to manage Wednesday, the- right? But and please, do us a favor. Please, please, just 
you, you're not going up, you're not going down. No, you've got the sweet spot of 50. You're fine, right? Bristol City uh, lost to Coventry 3-1 and the last match was a 0-0 draw with Nottingham Forest. So how do you see that one going? I'll be honest with you, it feel, it'll feel a little bit like the QPR game on Saturday. Yeah, we're going to lose. Yeah, we're going to yeah, lose. We're going down. Yeah. It's done. It's uh, done. The only positives are Darren Moore will be on the touchline line for these games. He back in, in training on Monday. Yeah. So um, maybe there's the possibility of him going... He, he getting very vocal. We'll, we'll see what happens. I'm fuming. I'm not happy with the current situation in Sheffield Wednesday. I think it's getting worse because, what, we've got six matches left? Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Six matches. Seven points off. It's very difficult. But, we, you, but Rotherham have got the games in a week where we need them well, to lose well, them all. Yeah, well, I wasn't going to bring a positive for Wednesday, but I was going to say, but I hope despite all of that, you're doing all right. And you're taking care of yourselves. Uh, you're looking after yourselves as we come out and you can start going out. Please don't go mental when the pub's open, for Christ's sake. I don't want any of you yeah. getting injured. I know we're all football fans, which is usually the worst people during 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 drinking times, especially during a, a tournament and things like that in football. Pace yourself. Sunlight and beer after a year of doing nothing is going to hurt a few of you. It's so been, it's been a while, careful. so just remember that the more you drink... And sunshine, the more you're going to end up on the floor. Yeah, exactly. And there's a exactly. lot of people. Do you know what? So many people are just just want that. Some yeah, people are I like, know. do you know what? Just just get me. Yeah. Um. When 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 um when can I have my vaccine so I can just end up on a hot floor licking the pavement because I'm so drunk and I've fallen over and that reminds my, yeah, me that of sort going of out of Westry or Corporation when I was like in my late twenties. Did you just call Corp Corporation? Yes. And yes. on that note, that is it for this episode of the Talking Wednesday podcast. I hope you all have a lovely week and don't let Wednesday ruin it too much. Ow. We will be back next week. If you want to email in your community topics, if you aren't on YouTube, if you listen to some of this for audio listeners that listen all the way through, email uh, talkingwednesday at gmail.com, <laughs> I believe. Let me double check that. Um, because I just realised that there is people that we've got quite a we've got like active listeners weekly on Spotify and all of that and they don't have YouTube and we've been told that so we will check out Gmail you can email your topics in I will say and I will say this YouTube subs get priority because they're part of the community that we we obviously we're very interactive with but we do really care about our audio community yeah. Talking Wednesday podcast at gmail.com okay there we go you got it right in the end email that if you've got topics and you are a st- uh, just a stern audio only listener but until then and until next week uh, take care of yourselves and we'll see you in the next episode Bye. of Talking Wednesday <laughs>